0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ride Along Podcast, where you follow along with Jake and guest entrepreneurs on the journey of starting, building, and scaling real businesses. Take a look behind the scenes at the good, the bad, the sales, the expenses, and the strategies of each business to learn how you can start and scale your own business. Here's your host, Jake Lang. Hello and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Ride Along Podcast. I'm Jake, I'm your host, and today I am continuing the conversation about legal drama issues, hiccups, whatever you want to call it. On last week's episode, I had Wesley Henderson on the podcast to talk about a couple of things that you can do to protect your business, especially when you're just getting started out. Things as simple as a privacy policy and an LLC. Well, I want to tell you a story. It's story time. So buckle up. Here we go. A story about my legal run-in, my legal issues back in two thousand and seventeen. Now, at that time, it was before the Entrepreneur Ride Along brand had ever been been created. I was just managing my business, associate PI, a business where I sell online courses in the insurance industry. I also had my Pomsky site that you've probably heard me talk about in the past, a little dog blog, dog niche that I started. That was still brand new. It was, it was barely making any money at that time, just starting to get traffic. So that was new. But I had this insurance business that was going really well. Had started back around 2014, 2015, and it was really taking off. It was making five to $6,000 per month in passive income, and it just leveled off right there and was an automatic $6,000 in my bank account every single month. So I was really starting to take it seriously, and I saw this as the potential of this could be the business that helps me leave my day job. At this point, I'd been pursuing entrepreneurship for a couple of years. I've been talking to Brooke about it, who's now my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. We're talking about my dreams of building these online businesses and being an entrepreneur full-time because I really hated my day job as a financial analyst in the insurance industry. I just didn't like what I was doing every day. It was just clear that that corporate life was not for me. So I built this business on the side using my day job. I took what I had learned from the day job to pursue these exams. I had to study for the CPCU exams in the insurance industry. I wrote my own online courses and started selling them and helping people pass their own exams. Well, apparently I got too big too fast. On September 27th, 2017, I can still vividly picture where I was. I, I feel the, the same emotions. I was walking Home from work, or I was walking to the train. I used to work in Boston, and for those of you familiar with the area, I used to work right next to South Station in Boston, the train station, South Station. But my train to take the commuter rail home back out of the city to the suburbs was at North Station. So I used to walk all the way from South Station to North Station because for some reason, the the city of Boston just likes to make things difficult. They don't have a train that goes directly from South Station to North Station. So it's easier to walk about a mile across the financial district to catch my train anyways about probably half a mile in I, i'm on state street at this point if you're familiar with boston i'm, I'm about halfway to my train station i'm checking my phone I'm, I'm listening to music i have spotify going and i hear a little ding a little email notification goes off so i check my phone and i just check the email notification and big letters in the subject line cease and desist all operations associate pi Associate PI being the name of my business, my insurance business, selling insurance courses. And my heart froze. Literally, I, I just stopped on the street. Opened the email, saw this PDF. It was from a law firm, clearly a, a cease and desist letter. Opened the PDF that they sent me and started to read the most terrifying accusatory letter that I could ever imagine somebody typed up and had written about another person. I still have the cease and desist letter, so I opened it up Opened it up here just to read you some of it and to show you how scary sounding these letters are. The first sentence says, It has come to my client's attention that your company is engaged in an ongoing pattern of fraudulent and deceptive conduct, which involves misusing the valuable intellectual property of my client. And I'm, I'm going to leave the names of the client out of here, but the client is the big organization, multi-million dollar organization, that administers these exams. They administer the certifications and designations in the insurance industry that I was selling my courses for. I had earned my designation from this this institution, and so I wrote my own study material to help others earn their designations from the same institution. So they were the client. They owned the trademarks. They were the one that hired the lawyer and sent me the the cease and desist letter. And to continue this first sentence, it says specifically, a Associate PI has been illegally using the trademark protected, and copyright protected materials relating to the client's designations and certification programs. Associate PI is actively infringing on the client's trademarks and copyrights and is purposefully engaged in misleading marketing tactics. And then it goes on after those terrifying accusatory sentences that made me feel like the scum of the earth. It it went on and gave some examples and specifically what they were talking about. Then at the bottom it says, we hereby demand that associate PI immediately cease and desist using the trademarks, and I list the trademarks that I had used, plagiarizing, copying, or otherwise using any of the client's programs, preparation courses, practice examinations, and other materials to promote or sell associate PI's courses. Publishing, distributing, advertising, promoting, or selling any materials that include any of the client's trademarks or copyrighted works. And here's the real kicker: cease and desist, cease and desist, maintaining and operating the AssociatePI website, available at associatepi.com, in its entirety. In addition to the foregoing, AssociatePI must immediately destroy all existing versions, both paper and electronic, of all AssociatePI materials that refer to the client's intellectual property in any way. Please provide a written assurance to me that you have taken such actions no later than October 5th, 2017. Whoa. That is a terrifying letter, and I didn't even read all of it. Imagine how that made me feel reading what they were saying about this business that I created, putting in blood, sweat, and tears, maybe not tears, maybe not blood actually, but but lots of hard work, literally hundreds of hours handcrafting these online courses. All of my courses are written, so it's basically like a textbook, but online, they're all written, so tons and tons of typing. All of it on my own from my experience working in the insurance industry, studying for these exams, and just knowing the general concepts that are going to be on these exams, and creating my own courses. And here comes some attorney sitting up in their high-rise building looking down at little old me. Probably having a blast typing up this letter. No it's going to scare the pants off me. Accusing me of plagiarizing, copyright infringement, and in their own words, engaging in an ongoing pattern of fraudulent and deceptive conduct. Man, I just felt awful about myself. That, that letter literally made me feel like I was a bad person and I had done something terribly, terribly wrong. And I was actually incredibly nervous that I might be in some type of more serious legal implication. It actually felt like I might be threatened with a jail time or severe fines that overstepped my LLC and they'd take my house, take my car and everything else away. I just stood there, stopped on the street after reading this. In the middle of rush hour, busy traffic as people are walking, flying by me, running by, trying to catch their trains. And I I just stopped. I I couldn't move. I missed my train because of this. And my heart was pounding a million miles an hour. I was looking behind me, checking my back because I thought I was going to get whacked in the back of the head by that hitman that this client sent out to take me out. But here's the thing. That was the intention of this letter. You heard Wesley talk about it a little bit last week in last week's episode when he talked about cease and desist letters and the type of language that attorneys use. The intention was to scare me. They knew I was a one-man small operation. The intention was to scare the crap out of me so I would just shut everything down, listen to the demands, and just go away forever. Guess what? It is now November of 2021, and I am still operating Associate PI. It is still growing and scaling and, and moving full steam ahead. But it took a bit of money, a lot of stress, and a lot of back and forth to resolve the issues of the cease and desist. After reading this, the first thing I did was call Brooke. My wife, Brooke, she was in law school at the time. Smartest person I know. She's a big shot attorney now herself. Luckily, she's the type that helps people and doesn't send these cease and desist to people like me. She just gets to help her corporate clients and not punish other people with cease and desist letters. So I called Brooke said, hey, first of all, I missed my train. I'm going to be late for dinner. Second of all, look what just happened. My life is over. She said, don't worry. This happens all the time. Likely you just forgot to trademark something or you used a trademark term in your domain or something like that because she knew I hadn't actually plagiarized anything because she seen me write it all myself and do all the work behind the scenes. So she said, first things first, contact an attorney. Reach out to the Boston Bar Association and they'll set you up with an attorney to speak through this, get a consultation and figure out what's actually going on here. Do I really have to shut down? Am I really infringing upon something? Or is it just a, a scare tactic to try and put me out of business when really there's asking for a couple of simple fixes? So that's what I did. And remember, they only gave me seven days to reply. They sent me this letter on September 27th, said, get back to us, shut down all operations by October 5th. So I went out right away, got hooked up with a lawyer thanks to the Boston Bar Association. They set me up with somebody that was more my speed. I I wasn't going to charge me the rate of a multi-billion dollar corporation. They were for small businesses. They handle cease and desist and things like this. So it was perfect. I had my consultation with them and I walked through my entire business and this entire letter. And here's what I learned. That entire letter, that terrifying, terrifying language, all in the end boiled down to one thing. I was using their trademark term, the term CPCU, because I sell online courses for the CPCU designation, simply needed the trademark symbol on my website every time I use that term. In addition, I needed to add a disclaimer in the footer of my website at the bottom of every page that said I'm not associated with the client, this, this person that owns that trademark, we are not affiliated, they own this trademark, I use it on my website, so every time you see that trademark term, it means I'm using a term owned by them. That was it. In the end, that's all it boiled down to. They throw these crazy accusations of plagiarism and and copyright infringement and malicious sales tactics, claiming that I was pretending to be the client, pretending to sell their study material, pretending that I was affiliated with them. And I never was. Actually, before I started this business, and this is something I recommend all of you do if you see yourself in a similar situation, before I ever sold my first course, I sent this company an email, the the client, the the one that owns this trademark, I told them exactly what I was going to do. I said, hey, I, I just passed all my exams. I've been tutoring people on the side. I want to start these online courses. I want to sell it online. Is that cool with you guys? Basically what I said, I said it in more formal language. They replied back and said, absolutely. On your about us page, which is I, I did exactly what they said. They said, anytime you say the term CPCU, at the trademark symbol. And they, they gave me specific instructions and they gave me this specific text that I had to use on the about us page. When I was explaining that I was not the client, I, I, I was not this big organization I was just some guy named Jake on the internet, selling my own courses, teaching my own stuff to help you pass these exams. They gave me the language to write on my website. They told me exactly what to do and gave me permission to do this. Luckily, I had that email still. I still had that email chain back and forth with their customer service department and their legal team, and I showed that to my attorney. So right away, that really kind of put me in the lead because I was like, okay, we already got your permission. Now you're sending me a cease and desist. Like, what the heck is going on here? What is the disconnect? Turns out this company just hired an attorney and this is what they do. They go out and look for, they look at all the competitors, see if there's anything like this where they have a, an ability to send out a cease and desist. In my case, since I only had trademarked on the About Us page, because that's exactly what they told me to, everywhere else on my website where it said CPCU, I didn't add the trademark symbol because I didn't know that I had to and they didn't tell me to. They told me only on the About Us page. So I didn't. That means there was thousands of times across my website where I used the term CPCU, that trademark term, without the appropriate trademark symbol, which means I was in fact infringing upon their copyright. So that was a valid claim that I was doing wrong. And I just simply didn't know better. So if that's you, if you're using a trademark term, make sure you check with the organization, association that owns that trademark term, make sure you get their permission to use it, make sure you tell them what you're gonna do, ask what disclaimers you can use, because sometimes you'll see things like, like for example, in my book, Step One, I use trademark terms of Google. I said Google in my book and I said Jeep. I was talking about a Jeep Wrangler or something like that. Well I reached out to those companies and you you they actually have a whole legal page on their website that says, you can use our trademark terms like, like Jeep and Google are trademarked by the companies that own those those terms that by Jeep and Google they, they own those trademarks. And they just gave me a simple disclaimer they give to everybody that ever uses this trademark in print or anything like that. And it just simply says Google and the Google logo are registered trademarks of Google LLC used with permissions. So that's it, I just had to add that disclaimer in there. Now it's good to use their trademark terms with their permission. So same thing here, it ended up in the end, I hired an attorney and I spent almost $20,000 going back and forth over the cease and desist issue. From 2017 all the way throughout 2018, There was back and forth, maybe once a month or every other month, my attorney is sending letters and phone calls with their attorneys to go back and forth and just figure out what I need to do to to stay in business and pretty much comply with their demands but still continue to operate my business and help people pass these exams. So 2017 and 2018 included, I spent $18,547 in legal fees. And that was simply contacting my lawyer, talking to my lawyer over and over again about every single little thing that was in their cease and desist letter. Every little new thing that they brought to the table, everything, every time they contacted us, I probably had to spend $1,000 or $2,000 to go back and forth with my attorney to then reply to them and answer their questions. So for example, they claimed plagiarism of their courses, that I was plagiarizing their courses. And that just blatantly wasn't true. So I had to pay for myself and my attorney to go step-by-step step through my course, comparing it to their course to show how my course was nowhere even near copying the same content, didn't even use the same phrasing, use different words, different titles, different headings. They just claimed it and kind of hoped that maybe it was plagiarism or maybe I did, it would have scared me off and I would have quit this business. But that one really ticked me off because I did a lot of hard work. I know this content, I've memorized it, i taking the, taking these exams. So I wrote my own content to put in my own language, plain English, to help people learn these complex insurance concepts to pass their own exams. And it cost me thousands of dollars to prove that hey, here's my courses all my own language. Here, I compared it to your courses. Look how different it is. So the plagiarism claim was dropped almost immediately as soon as I proved that, especially upon the basis of other exam material that is commonly sold. So some of the examples that my attorney gave to their attorney was things like, uh, look at the LSATs, the legal exams. Look at SATs. Look at the MCATs. Look at the GMATs. There are dozens, thousands of study material sellers out there that write their own study material to help you pass the SATs they don't own the SAT trademark or the SAT exam they don't own the LSATs the the GMATs the MCATs but they create their own study material based on their own experiences taking these exams and and memorizing this material they write their own stuff and they sell their own study material to help other people pass their exams just like if I was a tutor and I was sitting there in person teaching you this stuff I just do it online so that differentiator and, and that conclusion that Hey, I'm obviously not plagiarizing you guys. I know that is illegal and wrong and unethical and everything that I stand against. As soon as I prove that, I think I proved to myself that, first of all, I hired an attorney, so I'm not just some little guy that's going to get pushed around and get out of here. I'm putting the money down to fight this. Uh, second of all, I'm legit. I'm, I'm not doing, doing you guys wrong. I'm not screwing you over. I am actively helping people pass these exams, which is the same thing that this client, this institution wants. They want people to pass these exams, and that's what I'm helping them do. So that kind of cleared things up after this first reply and this first series of back and forth with the other attorney, we started to get more on the same page and realized, okay, let's find a way. So it's a win-win. I abide by your demands in terms of putting up a disclaimer, trademarks everywhere that you need it to be. I'll do whatever you need. Just let me stay operating my business and I don't have to change all my courses because I'm not plagiarizing and I'm actually helping people pass the exam so we started working out then a a win-win scenario and and what can I do pretty much anything that you can do with this in my my realm of possibility without actually seizing and desisting this business I will do it and I will abide by your your demands now that being said that was a ton of work I actually had to go through every single one of my online courses and I just had to make sure that there was literally not even like a five-word phrase that was plagiarized from their courses just to be absolutely safe And I did that over and over again, literally every single little word that I wrote in my course compared to every single word in their course. It was a pain. It took me over two years to do this entire process for all my courses, all their courses, but I did it and it was worth it because it proved that, Hey, I clearly never even plagiarized one sentence and I could then send them all of my material to say, Hey, you go check on your own. I think they only compared, I think they did the same process, but only for one of my courses and they realized, Hey, there's not even like three words that are the same in, in one String as as our course, so clearly not plagiarized. I don't even think they went through and checked my other courses, even though I did all that work. I then had to go through every single page and every single thing I'd ever posted online, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and trademark their term, the term that they had copyrighted, trademarked. I had to go through and find every single time I'd ever mentioned that term on the internet, and I had to go and add a little R with a circle. So if you go to associatepi.com, you will see trademark terms everywhere either a little tm or the little r in a circle it's all across my website because i was extra safe and now there's nowhere on my website on social media on youtube or anywhere i actually had to take down every single facebook post every single twitter post and every single youtube video and podcast episode i had to delete them from existence in 2018 because you can't go back and edit a youtube video where i was sharing slides and i had didn't properly trademark that term or facebook i I had used that term and my attorney just found it safer to just go and delete all those posts if I could. My podcast episodes, I needed some type of disclaimer at the beginning and the end saying, hey, this is I'm not affiliated, this is not my term, I'm going to talk about it, but I don't own it. So thousands of pages across my website, thousands of places I've used this term across social media, I had to go add that little R with a circle. Total pain, but absolutely worth it. I added a disclaimer to every page on my website too, and every time I ever used that trademark term, I added a disclaimer that says, Hey, that little R with the circle up there, I don't own that. It's owned by this organization, not affiliated with them. Again, same thing where this took about two years of just going back and forth, and they were reviewing my website. They were going like a fine-tooth comb, going through my entire website, and they were picking out places where they found I missed a, a term, right? I forgot to trademark here, forgot to the trademark there, so I had to go and edit that one. At the same time, I was trying to design, design an app. I had launched an app for this website, and I had to go through and then every single instance in the app where I used this term, which was, A decent amount because these are the courses that I'm selling and I had to say, hey, this course is for this certification. I'd have my app developer going in and and I had to pay a bunch of money for him to go in and fix this and do custom coding to, to trademark all the proper terms and edit the course and edit the course images and add the disclaimer everywhere. So in the end, over two years of work back and forth, all that it came down to in the end after that terrifying, terrifying letter that they sent me where my heart stopped and I called Brooke ready to cry saying my life is over. All that it came down to is add that little R with the circle after the term, add a disclaimer on every page that says we're not affiliated. You don't own that trademark. That was it. That was the end of this dilemma that cost me $18,547 to go back and forth over two years with my attorney and their attorney to resolve this cease and desist issue and continue my business and and keep it uh, going in operation. And well worth it. So I I paid almost $20,000 in two years. But again, remember, this website was generating nearly $5,000 to $6,000 in revenue every single month. So that was about three or four months of revenue. I still had my day job at the time, so I was still paying bills and everything. Three or four months of revenue, I had to pay in legal fees. Well worth it, because at the end of the year, I was making 60000 from this business, so I had to pay 20000 Still profiting 40000 so absolutely worth it to do this and pay the legal fees and go through this, jump through these hoops and go through this process to keep the business up and running. Because I'm still doing it today. I'm still operating this business. It is still my most profitable business nearly five years later. But here's the thing. All of this could have been avoided if I just knew what I was doing. If I had listened to Wesley's episode, episode 32 of the Entrepreneur Ride Along podcast that was published last week, I would have known how to go and look up these trademark terms. I, I didn't know what a trademark term was. I knew that I would reach out to the organization. They kind of told me it was, and they told me to just put it on the About Us page and add a little, the little R with a circle and trademark their terms. I had no idea that you were supposed to do that every single time you use that term everywhere on your website. I didn't know I needed a disclaimer at the bottom of every page to say I don't own that that trademark term. If I had known that one stupid little fact, I would be $20,000 richer right now I would have that two years back in my life where I I literally couldn't work on anything else except for these courses because I was so worried about being sued or shutting my business down. So my entire two-year focus was beyond paying the $20,000 to my attorney and talking to my attorney every couple of days, probably once a week and every couple of months responding to their attorneys. Beyond that, every waking moment was combing through my course line by line every single word that I wrote to make sure that I had no instances, not even a single hint of plagiarism. And there wasn't in the end, but I still did some rewriting because as I was going through these courses, I found a lot of areas where I could improve it. Now that I was a few years past passing these exams, I I ended up actually tweaking my courses and, and improving them. And throughout the course, I actually ended up rewriting every single course that I offered and came out with a much better product in the end two years of my life where I only focused on that. I couldn't focus on other businesses. I couldn't focus on scaling this business. I was just focusing on maintaining upkeeping and not going out of business. Uh, I was editing every page, adding that the little R with a circle everywhere. So no time doing marketing, scaling, business development, just rewriting, regurgitating the same information, at least improving my product along the way, but everything else was just manual tedious work that had to get done so I don't get sued and don't lose my business. So that is my long-winded way of saying be smarter from the beginning. If you are using a trademark term like that, first of all, don't use it in your URL and your domain name. I've seen people do that in the past and then there's nothing you can do. You'll get a cease and desist. So if I use the term CPCU in my website if it was cpcu designation.com, I would actually have to take my website down, start a whole new website, new domain because you can't change the domain of your website. Well, you can, it just a Huge hassle, and that's what I've had to do. I would have basically had to start a whole new domain, new website under a new brand name. Would have had to totally rebrand. I've seen entrepreneurs that happen to people in the past. So look out for those terms that you don't own that are trademarked by somebody else. Go back and listen to episode 32 of the Entrepreneur Rattle on podcast where Wesley talks about this. Now you can look up trademark terms. He he has some resources on his website. You can easily find what's what's trademark copyright infringement. And how you can avoid that and what disclaimers and all that to use. And just be safe from the beginning. Because if I had done it properly, I would have saved so much money, so much time. I wouldn't have almost had a heart attack walking to the train. I would have been home on time for dinner with Brooke. I wouldn't have this great podcast episode content. But that's pretty much the only thing I got out of this other than two years of hassle and now a lawyer that I have on retainer. So what I'm saying is be careful. Watch out for things like this. That's the big $20,000 mistake that I made back in 2017 and now I'm super conscious of it. So do that basic stuff that Wesley talked about last week in episode 32. Simple things like get an LLC. It costs you know, two, dollars $300 to set up. Luckily, I had an LLC set up for this business when I got the cease and desist. So I had that layer between me and my personal assets that, worst case, I would have had to shut this business down. I wasn't going to lose my house, my car, and my dogs. That stuff was protected. So there's the cease and desist story that I kind of hinted at in the last episode. That is the story behind one of my biggest blunders in an entrepreneur and a mistake that I will never make again. And I record this episode to make sure that you don't make that same mistake. So that does it for this episode of the Entrepreneur Ride Along Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Moral of the story, avoid copyright infringement and don't spend $20,000 working with an attorney for a stupid mistake that could have been avoided. So thanks for listening. Check out more at com and get the show notes for this episode at com slash 33, episode 33. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you all on the next episode.